Welcome to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. Last week, Val kicked off a three-part interview with her guest, Tiffany Deschner, an intentional mom of three and a member of Val's Practically Speaking Mom leadership team. This week in part two, they begin with a daily five to ten minute plan that can help your young child become more independent and less mom dependent. If you adapt this concept for each age group, you can see your child move from clingy to confident. Then they shift the conversation to plenty of great health tips for a busy family. Next week, they'll finish up their discussion by looking at ways to personality parent. That is, adjusting your parenting style based on the personality of your child, all with the goal of equipping your unique child to thrive in the world around them. Now, this is a long-distance interview, so what it lacks in sound quality, it makes up for in practical parenting solutions. Let's begin Episode 71 with Val and Tiffany Deschner. Well, let's talk about that seven-month-old baby girl you've got. How is that going with you to have three littles? I I know it feels like a second grader is big, and it is big, but... It's still definitely an age where you are having to think of everything and keep everything on track. It, you know, it's all it's all on you. So mm-hmm. what do you feel like are some struggling things right now? Well, I don't remember our other two being so active at this age. She is crawling and pulling up on things and which pulling up on things, not very safely. So I feel like I have to keep it, but something I was going to ask you about that I've always meant to do and never did with my bigger girls is blanket time. I remembered you talking about blanket time, but just the steps and actually implementing that. Right. Okay. So anytime you're implementing something new, you do have to make some time and space for it. Like I wouldn't encourage you to do this while you're multitasking a lot of things necessarily, but just even take five minutes of time, lay a small blanket out and you're teaching her the concept of this is her boundaries. And this isn't something that You want her to implement for very long every day, but a little bit of time every day where she knows when this blanket comes out, these are her boundaries. And there's great benefit to this because it's not, you're not always in a safe environment for her to have total freedom. Let's say that you are going to take a trip and you're going to fly in an airport and you've got a layover and she's a crawler. She needs some time to crawl. But if you just put her down, you know, dirty floor and, and taking off and people stepping around and, you know, there's just so many ways that that's not safe. But if she's learned that this blanket means that she's got this boundary, then it's so helpful to you and safe for her. And, you know, kids need different types of boundaries throughout a day. They need to experience that they've got to do this thing exactly the way mom says. And then they've got other things where they can have freedom of choice. Our kids need to experience all different levels of strict, detailed living. And this is just one little way to do that with a toddler or a little bit younger than a toddler. So when I taught blanket time, I would give three toys or books. And usually it was books, honestly, because um, so like, you know, some little board books, but you don't want balls that are going to roll off and you don't want something that's too noisy because this is usually a setting like you could use it as a, at a doctor's office or you could use it in church, you know, different 
settings where you need quiet because there's going to be other people around. Just have picking some quiet things and not too many things. Little kids, they really need to learn how to focus on a few things also. And so if we give them too much, if we put 10 things in front of them, it actually encourages a lack of focus and distractibility and all that. You, you want some times throughout their day where they are limited to this space and just a few items. So if they throw an item off of the blanket, it stays off the blanket and you're not going to retrieve it for them during this time. Same with what if they get a little bit older, then I it's the same concept, only now you're teaching them the same thing in a chair so that they learn how to, you know, sit safely at a doctor's office and quietly. So, you know, once they're old enough to sit in a chair, you can teach the same thing, giving them three books there. And if they drop one, then that one stays down. And that teaches them, you know, that it's not a game of drop and mom picks and mom retrieves it. It's, it's a time that's self-contained like this. And so I don't expect this to last for a super long time. I mean, a goal of five minutes for a seven month old at first is great. And then if you can get them up to 15 minutes, that is fantastic. I talk about blanket time in my book, When Littles Are Loud, Maximizing the Moments Without Drowning in Chaos. That book has all kinds of different activities that a young child needs throughout their day to develop different aspects of their ability. One of those being what I mentioned a minute ago of learning to self-entertain. You know, it's just important, not only because it will make life easier for mom, which it does if they aren't feeling like they're tugging on your leg all day because you're supposed to provide their entertainment, but literally they're a happier child if they know how to entertain themselves and to be, you know, self-entertaining like that. I always had the goal of wanting to do that with my other two. And for some reason that stuck with me because I remember you you suggesting that I do that. So this time I kind of have a different experience this time around and I want to take the time to implement that. We've been discussing a new experience for Tiffany's daughter, blanket time, an activity to grow her ability for content, independent, confined play. Now, there's something very important to do before you ever start to implement a new parenting strategy, and that is fill your child's love bucket before you begin implementing that new strategy for growth. Why? Well, because to be at optimal performance or optimal growth potential, your child needs to be full of love boy, am I still learning this lesson over and over and over again. It's like I can't get it through my thick head. I identify a problem area in my child that needs some fine tuning. I'm feeling frustrated about it. And so I I prematurely jump right into working on their character issue. Then I sense the fact that they're really not on board with my agenda to make changes in them. Well, I didn't prime the pump first. I didn't fill their love bucket first. A child that is fueled by love is equipped for growth, willing to listen, or at least more willing to listen, and more willing to try new things, and more able to handle my constructive criticism. Fill up before you change it up. 
If you need some ideas for how to fill their love bucket, then go back to episode three, which is called Ways to Love Your Child from Toddler to Teen. And honestly, it actually gives ideas for even how to distance love your child that maybe is grown and lives somewhere else or is away at college. So you go back to episode three, listen to Ways to Love Your Child from Toddler to Teen. I will include a link to that in the show notes. You've always been someone who's focused on health and fitness and things. So how do you incorporate health into your family's life? What are some little tricks? Yeah. So we don't let, we don't do a lot of screen time. So our girls play outside a whole lot and we have a field behind our house and they're constantly going on walks out in the field and digging in dirt. And so we encourage them to play outside as much as possible and just be active together, not make it a huge deal. Like, Oh, I've got to go work out or just be active together, do active things. And some simple things that I've done is we do my girls take, or we all take juice plus gummies. We all eat juice plus gummies. And I've noticed a huge impact in our overall health as far as that goes. And it's also given me a lot more peace in the state of the world right now to be boosting our immune system with those gummies. And I try to do simple swaps like veggie pasta instead of regular pasta. And substituting turkey meat instead of red meat and try to not make a big deal out of eating healthy, just normalize it. I I have recently, I um, blended up some chia seeds Mm -hmm. and um, because my five-year-old, my seven-year-old eats just about anything. And my five-year-old isn't so much that way, um, but she loves her gummies. So I've been, I ground up some chai seeds and she loves peanut butter and jelly. So I've been sprinkling them on her peanut butter and jelly (laughs) to kind of get her a little boost and doing things like overnight oats and just trying to pay attention to snacks and limit added sugars and limit dyes, not in a, no, you can't have that kind of way, but just not purchasing it here and having it readily available. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Just not purchasing it because they do get it from everywhere constantly or getting being given candy and stuff. So do you have any rules about candy, like how often they can have it or how many they can have or anything like that? Not any hard, fast rules, but you know, around like the high candy holidays, like Halloween and Easter, um, I try to substitute candy with different things, but just in moderation. I I try not to have any specific rules necessarily, but just try to offer more healthful foods at home. And like, if they're at a birthday party, um, I'm not going to like smack a cupcake or, you know, have act weird or anything like that. It just is what it is. And then we limit it later. But I mean, they do know, we talk about how it affects your body and especially with sugar impacts your immune system greatly. And so it's important now, especially I used to, when I didn't pay attention to Halloween and Easter, I did notice they would usually get sick after that. I also noticed that if I put it out of sight, it's usually out of mind. So I guess that's one tip. Whenever we do have candy or something, I usually put it in a cabinet somewhere where they typically have to ask for it. And usually if they ask for it, I'll say yes. 
because they usually don't ask for it a ton. So I don't want to be like, no, you can't have that. You don't eat that and be too strict that when they grow up, all they want to live off of Mm -hmm. a sugar. (laughs) So I want them to learn that, sure, we can have that, but not all the time and um, just need to be mindful, I guess, of how much. Um, But we, I do try to just pay attention to what I buy as far as sugars and dyes, you know, and the jelly that we buy. It's the free of high fructose corn syrup and just try to make those little changes. Those are all really great, really great advice. I love that. For candy, what we've done is, as the kids were growing up, um, on the day of, you know, a Valentine party or Easter or whatever, then I pretty much let them have, you know, quite a bit. Maybe I'll let them say, you can pick your top four or something like that. And then um, I, beyond that, they, they're limited to just Sundays. (laughs) That's kind of how, how we've handled it. And if I had one that was being excessive on a Sunday, then I'm sure I'd have to limit how many at, at that time too. But I was finding the same thing that they were getting sick after those kind of holidays. And so we needed to make a change as well. I just think what you said, that it breaks down their immune system. I don't mean get sick like they ate so much at that moment that they had a stomach ache. I mean that the sugar was just hurting their immune system in general. So, And the other day, I tried something different with getting some more veggies. And my youngest one is definitely a bit more, I won't say she's picky because she's really worked on it and worked on improving that. And I wouldn't want to say that about her because she's come a long way. But I did buy some frozen veggies the other day that really none of us liked very much. And I bought a really big bag of them. Like, I don't know if you ever shop at Costco or Sam's. I'm a Costco shopper. And so I got this really big bag of vegetables that was like broccoli, zucchini, peas. It was a whole bunch and no one really cared for them. So I blended all of them and turned them into liquid. So putting some water with them. And then I've just been you can freeze it. And then I've been using it to make rice, for example. You know, that's our liquid that we make the rice from. So they've loved it. Every time I've served some of it since then, just sometimes I guess the texture needs to change for kids or the size of the veggies or whatever, you know, or just not notice that it's a veggie because it's been liquefied (laughs) and used that way but I knew you would have a lot of good ideas for health because you've always been very health minded and so I didn't even give you any prep time to think of those and you just rattled off all those healthy things oh well I've been trying to be more mindful and especially just with immunity I, I like anything that boosts our immune system and something I've been doing for myself is buying just steam uh, the veggies, the frozen veggies, um, like mixed frozen veggies or like a veggie stir fry and making that up with a can of shredded chicken from Costco. I like to get the shredded chicken from Costco and like, that's my lunch. And, and I've been trying to get more veggies in my diet too, but a lot of times like rice cauliflower or something doesn't have much of a taste. So you can kind of sneak in there, but Paige is very suspicious of everything. So (laughs) be careful. Well, she, I mean, she was finding tomatoes in her tomato sauce last night and you're eating spaghetti. So <laughs> she's funny and she, she's getting better too. And I saw a difference when she started eating the gummies that she was 
trying more. And then I, she kind of backed off from that. I don't know if that's developmental, but she'll sometimes eat some strawberries. And so we're working on it. Yeah. Well, we are juice plus gummies and vitamins people too. So we love them. Val and Tiffany will wrap up their discussion next week when Tiffany asks about a very real life mom struggle, dealing with the strong emotions of our kids knowing when to address issues and when to let them slide while you have compassion for their emotions. It's a tough balance. Here's a sneak peek into their conversation. Because a lot of times I'll sit there and I'll acknowledge your feelings. I know you're feeling frustrated because this happened. But sometimes it feels like I'm on a hamster wheel of acknowledging it and then she repeats it and then I acknowledge it and she repeats it. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to discuss this anymore with you because we're not getting anywhere. So I'll say, I'm going to give you a little time. And when you're done, you can come talk to me and we can talk about it. But I'm not going to continue saying the same thing over and over with you. Or I might just sit and rub her back and help her just calm down and not say anything. Because sometimes she just escalates and gets louder and louder. Um, So I don't know. It's just one of those situations that I feel like sometimes I want to address in a respectful, gentle parenting type of way. But I also don't want to dismiss if she's being disrespectful or just allow those kinds of behaviors. You've been listening to Episode 71 of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. My intentional mom friend, your family is God's masterpiece. He designed the special and unique combination of your little tribe. It's an honor to meet with you every week to help equip and encourage you in your worthy journey of being mama to your masterpiece. If this podcast is a blessing to you, won't you please take the time to share it with moms that you know. So share this podcast with a friend and then head over to practicallyspeakingmom.com to subscribe to my weekly email containing a blog post and podcast. Join me on Instagram at Practically Speaking Mom and in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. See you next week.